This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience. Hey everyone, welcome to the Age Changer Show, brought to you by Summit Life Ministries. My name is Carmen Furrow. This is my husband, Lynn Furrow, the founder of Summit Life Ministries. Our mission at Summit Life Ministries is to elevate, equip, and empower. Elevate the church's vision to see our identity through God's eternal purpose equip believers to live with an eternal perspective, and empower believers to live supernatural lifestyles in faith-filled obedience. Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I see that you're looking awfully Christmassy today. Yeah. On purpose? Yes, on purpose. (laughs) On purpose. And when I put this uh, shirt on, I told her, I said, I don't know why I don't wear this more often. It is a a great winter uh, shirt. Uh, Cabela shirt, which also reminds me of where is a good place to shop for Christmas. <laughs> At least for our family, that's for <laughs> sure. But again, Merry Christmas and and uh, thank you for joining us for the Age Changer Show. I've been featuring all week this mug. If not now, <laughs> then when? And this this mug has a significance to me because uh, Kurt and Pam Hartke gave this to me, mm-hmm. and I know that when they gave it to me. They were making a prophetic yep, statement prophetic to statement. me. And so we are going for it in God. Okay. In faith-filled obedience, we are <laughs> trusting God to God-size our life in dimensions okay. that we've never known and experienced. And so I hope as you've read this mug this week, based on the content of what we have mm-hmm. been sharing about the fullness of Christ, Mm-hmm. that is demonstrated the reality of it mm-hmm. through Christ's ascension and exaltation. We have forgiveness. Yep. The cross represents the work that Jesus did for us so that uh, forgiveness could come to us. The resurrection shows the power and dimensions of freedom from sin and from Satan and darkness uh, that has been released towards us who believe. But really, the ascension and the exaltation of Jesus talks about the fullness that we've received in him. And so we don't want to perish because of lack of knowledge of it. We want to have a vision, the vision of God. Jesus is the author and the finisher Mm -hmm. of our faith. And we are to look unto him because he's at the finish line and he is telling us, Do not give up. Continue to run the race Mm -hmm. of faith. I have given to you my kind of faith, the faith that I have. I've imparted to you the measure of faith that you need to make it to where I am. I've gone ahead of you as a forerunner, and I've gone to prepare a place, a place of authority, a place of kingdom responsibility. You have a place in my house You have a place in my kingdom, Mm -hmm. and I want you to rule and reign with me as an order of king priest. And he didn't just finish his own thing. That's right. Stop. He began a thing in us, and he's finishing us. That's right. He ran this race with us in mind. We were the joy that that he he kept before his eyes that vision of what we would be unto him. Uh, and and what we had the ability to become in him. Mm-hmm. And that's why he endured the shame and the pain of the cross uh, and accomplished what he did through his passion 
so that we could be with him. So we could be with him. That's now, powerful. Now, Carmen, and this is the final teaching segment of the Ascension mm-hmm. and the Exaltation. And then we'll have on Christmas Day, uh, for those of you that uh, I doubt many of you will watch it on Christmas Day, we will not be offended by you if you don't watch the Age Changer show on Christmas Day. But uh, obviously that episode is scheduled to answer questions again. Um, But what I want to focus in on today is I want to talk about this posture of being seated. Many times teachers, and I think it's a it's a it's a great paradigm in teaching the book of Ephesians by using this paradigm mm-hmm. and this model for teaching the book. There are three postures that you read that Paul outlines for us right. in the book of Ephesians, and just in a way in which you can memorize quickly. Uh, or reflect on the content of the book of Ephesians. It's called set, walk, stand. Mm-hmm. That we're seated together with Christ. Then we're walking in love. And then we are standing against the the powers of darkness. Mm-hmm. Principalities and powers, world and spiritual uh, rulers and wickedness in heavenly places. We cannot walk this out. We cannot run the race. Mm -hmm. And we don't have uh, an ability or a capability, capacity spiritually to stand against the powers of darkness. Unless first you know that you're seated. You're seated with him. And that place of setting has a kind of a a twofold um, intent. Number one, you set when something has been completed, that it's a posture of resting. Now, I have often used this (laughs) illustration in our lives. Every home that we've purchased, nearly. As a matter of fact, as I reflect quickly (laughs) upon our journey as homeowners, I don't think that there's been a home that we have bought ourselves right. and lived in that that did not have some sort of a a project that we saw the potential of something mm-hmm. that could be changed or done a finishing work was needed a finishing <laughs> work was needed and i'm more of a person that can see potential yes. and visionary and so sometimes as i've walked my wife through homes She's looked at it and I could see the fear in her eyes of like, oh God, no, what, what is he taking me into? And I just said, well, we could, we could do this. The house that we live in right now, um, there was a little butler staircase and, and it did not have a half bath on the main floor. Immediately, I thought we can tear this, tear this staircase out and we can put in a half bath on the main floor. And he did. And, and it was and great. Did, and it turned out to be beautiful. And and she looked at the kitchen and, and I could see <laughs> the potential of what we could do. But there have been times when we've been in these projects in which I've needed the rest, but mm-hmm. it was not a rest that comes from completion. Right. A rest from all of your labors <laughs> And you're fully satisfied 
and there's a fulfillment because you you go, look, it's all done. Now let's enjoy what has been accomplished. There have been some projects that I've engaged in where I've expended all my finances, but also my physical energy. And I've just said, I got to take a break. I am exhausted. (laughs) But knowing there is so much that is left to be done. Well, that is not the type of rest and being seated that we're talking about in Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 2. When Paul prayed the apostolic prayer in Ephesians 1, and he said that he was raised to be seated, to be Mm -hmm. exalted, and that he has been made the head over everything, above all mights and dominions, powers and principalities. No, it is because there was nothing left undone that Jesus needed to do in his earthly life and ministry and and his passion that that he accomplished through his sufferings on the cross. Mm-hmm. No, it 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 is finished and it was finished to perfection. Yeah. And so when he was seated that day, there is not something that Jesus sat down and said, Ooh, <laughs> I forgot to do that <laughs> to make sure that there was enough for them, enough grace, enough power, enough riches of the kingdom, enough resources of the kingdom. There's something that is not accessible or available to them. No one he was seated at the right hand of the Father. It says that he he sits and he waits with an, an anticipation and expectation that every enemy yeah. that he has vanquished will come and acknowledge. Mm-hmm. That Jesus, you are the ruler now. And we cannot oppose you. We cannot resist you. We cannot rebel against you. What you did was you you unraveled uh, the tapestry of our deception and our opposition against God. You have vanquished us and we now acknowledge who you are as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's waiting with an expectation. What a day, uh, as, as we see in the consummation of, of uh, this age, when we will see all the enemies yeah. of our Christ, all the kingdoms of the world and what they represent fully become the kingdoms of our Lord, of our Lord and, and of, his, of Christ. his Christ, for he shall reign forever. So this is a powerful thing. We're, we're seated with him in confidence, knowing the outcome. We're seated together, knowing that of the sufficiency of the Savior uh, to do his work. But also there is this dimension of, of, of being seated uh, to rest in the reality of a superior provision. But also there is a seating knowing that it is a place of enthronement. It's a place of power. It's a place of authority that we have in Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think when we talk about this posture of being seated together with Christ, that we can rest as the people of God in the superiority of his his provision, Mm -hmm. but also then we need to allow him to confer to us and us accept the responsibility that we have in the advancement Mm -hmm. 
and the increase of his kingdom. And I want to focus on both of those uh, right now. The first one I want us to to focus on is uh, being seated to rest uh, and to enter into that place of sufficiency and rest to where we're not who Jesus described of those that were laboring under spiritual burdens when he Mm -hmm. said uh, to his disciples and those that were listening to his message when he said, come unto me, all you that are burdened and overwhelmed and you're carrying yokes that you were never designed to carry, but sin has had a compounding effect. The weight of it is crushing you. He said, come to me, learn from me, take my yoke upon you. And I will give you soul rest. I will give you rest for your soul. I see that many, many people, even though they've come to know Jesus as their Savior, they still struggle with insecurity in their relationship. And if you're not careful, if if a insecurity and a and a fear of your lack of perfection. Mm-hmm. Uh, creates an insecurity in your relationship with the Lord, what it can do is you can get into a performance-based relationship with Jesus where where you enter grace, enter by grace through faith, and you're enjoying uh, entry into the kingdom, but you think you have to earn your keep to stay there. And that is a toxic mixture of law and grace. And when we revert back to performance and we revert back mm-hmm. to living under law, and it may not be the Jewish law, right? it may not be, um, you know, some type of, of religious technical law that we, like we see in the old covenant, but it could be Carmen's law, could be yeah. Lynn's law, it could be your pastor's law, it could be Baptist law, Methodist law, Presbyterian law. Pentecostal law, no matter what denomination you came from, I find we have a tendency to fall from grace, to leave the grace of God Mm -hmm. because it is more comfortable for us to revert back to what we used to be in trying to perform to earn God's affection and approval for us. It's what we naturally think of so it's it's part it's that natural man and it's ingrained in us that so having begun in the spirit we think we'll be perfected mm-hmm. by our flesh yeah i think in all of us because in our sin nature and in our state before we were saved mm-hmm. uh i think all of us that recognize that god exists we realize that our righteousness was as filthy rags before god mm-hmm. and i i have talked to people that do not know the lord and they just say uh, to me, I've sinned too great for God to ever forgive me. I'll never forget the first person that ever mm-hmm. told me that. They just said, there is no hope for me to be saved. I've done things that are so bad and in such a degree of sinfulness that there's no way God could save me. Aww. Well, they don't have a revelation of the the superior greatness of God's grace because right. where sin is grace is even greater and and in its fullness and in its abundance so what we need to to tell people you, you need to come into an understanding uh, there is a vast 
richness of the grace of Christ that supersedes and is so superior to your spiritual poverty. Mm -hmm. There's no sin that is too great, no depth too low that God cannot raise you from. Uh, But then also some of us, instead of just saying, no, for me, so I'm not even going to engage God to see if he could save someone like me. There are people that go, okay, I want to be saved. I really do want to know the Lord. But they think that they have to earn it, to deserve it, and they perform for it to try to somehow change God's disposition Mm -hmm. and mind and how God views them. Mm -hmm. So you talk to some of those people and they go, well, I'm a good person and I, I give and I, I serve Mm -hmm. and I do my civic duties and, and I go to church and I teach Sunday school and they, they're doing all these religious things and they think there's a cumulative effect to earn God's affections for them. And God says, your self-righteousness mm-hmm. in comparison to the righteousness that I possess. Mm-hmm. It's like you're bringing a bunch of filthy, dirty, rotten garments, and you 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 think that that somehow can clothe your nakedness mm-hmm. uh, from your sin and your shame. Both of those extremes, mm-hmm. we need to allow the Holy Spirit to just come with, with powerful light of the, mm-hmm. the truth of the gospel and obliterate those to where we see that I am a a sinner mm-hmm. and that I need a savior. But thank God that the savior that we need is a a sufficient savior right. that can save the 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 further sinner that it's a, mm-hmm. the greatest distance and depth away from God that G, the cross of Jesus Christ yes. has been able to cleanse mm-hmm. uh the worst sin that has ever been committed and to save the worst sinner that has ever lived. Yep, because in either of those cases, the blood is enough. The blood is enough. And the blood was able to make the vilest. I love yeah. that line That's in the hymn. Line. The blood of Jesus makes the vilest sinner mm-hmm. clean. But also, I need to be saved from myself. Yeah. And a part of the self that I need to be saved from is that self-righteous mm-hmm. part of me that says, I'm not all that bad. <laughs> and I think that God and I get along okay because I think I'm like him. You're not like him. <laughs> you, need, you need Jesus to make you like God. A- apart from Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit revealing the grace of God in your life, you cannot become like God. That's what Satan wanted to do. He wanted to ascend apart from what God wanted to give to him. Mm -hmm. So there's no way I can ascend. There's no way I can be exalted because we're talking about the ascension life and being exalted and seated together with Christ. I need to allow God to bring me there with and in Christ. But God really does want to unburden me from false yokes. Yes. The, it, it, there's the yoke of me fearing that God can never save me mm-hmm. because of how sinful I am. And then there's the yoke of religion that says, I think that salvation by myself is possible. Both of those are false yokes that have to be broken. And we're only saved by grace mm-hmm. through faith. God's divine power and ability 
to bring me into a relationship with him. I love the picture too of, because some people say, you know, I just, as long as I hold on to God, it's really not your grip. Your grip isn't going to keep you connected to God. It's his grip of grace that holds us. That's right. And he doesn't get tired and he doesn't mm. lose his grip. Uh, even when we fail, he remains faithful. So our trust is in his grip and his ability to keep us, not in our ability to um, earn his keeping or to hold on to him so well. That's right. That we stay We're in the him. grip of God. We're in the grip yeah. of grace. And he said, no one and nothing can pluck us out of his, his father's hands. Yeah. So there is great uh, security yes. and rest that we have when we fellowship with Jesus around the throne, seated together with him, that we realize that Jesus, you are enough. Yes, you are enough. There's not anything that else that needs to be done. And so in that environment where we experience the sufficiency and the richness of Jesus in his power to save us and sanctify us and to transform us, there is nothing then that hinders his love and and causing us to experience the nearness and the dearness that we are to him. This week in on Facebook, because uh, I've been teaching a series uh, about worship, and I, I just talked about we enter into his gates with thanksgiving uh, in our hearts and into his courts with praise. The reason why we do that is we're reflecting the joyful anticipation and the delight that God is having towards us when we come into his courts. God is not like looking at you when you come into his courts and entering in through his gates of saying, well, it's about time that you guys came in here. I hope that you're going to dutifully carry out your duties to praise me. No, God invites us into his courts because of his joyful anticipation to be with those that he has redeemed, those that he has brought near uh, by and through his son and by the sacrifice of his son and his blood that he shed to atone for us. So just finishing real quickly. So when we relate to the Lord in a resting position of being seated together with Christ, living an ascended life, I understand that Jesus loves me, not because I'm perfect. He loves me because I'm his. Yep, and he's perfect. And he is perfect. (laughs) And he's given me a free gift of righteousness to be able to stay in that place of union and proximity with him. So he loves me where I'm at. His love doesn't leave me there, but he loves me even in my weakness and in maturity. And then the second half of that truth, and I think it's even more powerful, In my weakness and in my immaturity, I have the ability Mm. to give pleasure to him. And just as all my kids in their growth processes, I I never looked at them and said, I can't wait till you're 21 where you'll be an adult, where you can relate better to me as an adult. No, I loved every age stage because they were perfect in that moment of time to me. Because guess what? The way God sees us is he yeah. sees us through Christ. Not, not in our immaturity, but he sees what we're being made in him yeah. and where we're being taken to him. So when I saw my kids learning and growing and exploring and, and, 
and, and taking risks to learn how to walk, learn how to talk, learning how to ride bikes, learning to catch uh, fast-moving footballs <laughs> and sometimes going through their hands and hitting them in the face. I, I just saw their, their desire to grow and it was exciting to see them in the process of maturing. And when I saw that, it was not what they were incapable of doing. It was what they were growing into being. Mm -hmm. And that brought a pleasure to me. That's why God says that our praise is perfected yes. uh, by God, yeah. Yeah. to God, in his hearing. So can you imagine how weak our worship must look yeah. to him? But when he receives it, he goes, that's perfect. It's glorified in his ear. That's right. That's amazing. He perfects it in his hearing. And, and and what a way to live. I hope that we can be like our father mm -hmm. in that way, that we can start seeing people in different ways, yeah. that we love them even in their brokenness and weakness, and we don't see them for what they're not, but who they're being made in Christ. Well, guys, Merry Christmas. We love you, and I hope you have a great time with your friends and families as you celebrate uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Thank you for joining us for the Age Changer Show. Um, thank you for sharing this uh, across your platform so that other people can hear the word and be encouraged um, who they are being made in Christ and what, what God has done already and how we follow him as the pattern. Um, if you would please, if you have questions, just put them in the comments. We'd like to answer those questions on our Friday show, um, our question and answer age changer show. Please also, if you could on social media, like us, follow us, subscribe to our channel and check us out at Summit Life ministries.com if you want any more information. God bless you and Merry Christmas. Love you. What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.